This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Gunatal. Back again with you guys for another episode of what is the Arsenal News. Well, it's actually not even the Arsenal News show, is it? It's, it's the Raw Reaction Show. Uh, it's the show in which we join you after Arsenal's latest fixture, in which case it was a 6-0 victory over RC Lancé in the Champions League. We did a preview show, uh, yes, two days before uh, the show. Uh, it was on, what, Tuesday? And none of us predicted uh, a win as you know, emphatic as what we witnessed. I'm not even sure many people in our comment section who can sometimes leave some comical predictions predicted anything close to a 6-0 win in the Champions League, which of course confirmed Arsenal's progression to the knockout stages as group winners, meaning that the final game uh, of Group B, I think we're in, um, is a complete dead rubber. PSV can't catch us. They can't be caught either because uh, of their head-to-head record being better than Lawns's. Um, so, yeah, very, very interesting indeed, um, that final game and what's going to happen. It's a great opportunity to, I guess, play some fringe players, to give some youth players an opportunity to play in the Champions League as well. Um, but they'll want to win that, I, I, suggest, I, I guess. They'll want to continue that momentum. But it falls in a nice place. We'll talk a little bit more about that later on. Good morning to those joining us in the chat box. I really appreciate your time, as always, and for joining us every single morning. Um Good morning to those who have indeed tuned in. I'm always conscious that StreamYard mugs people off because I think it was Paul that managed to get in first, but I know that StreamYard has certainly already mugs him off uh, regarding the chat box because we're like 24 minutes down our chat. Uh, I'm seeing Martin Harvey, I'm seeing Rowan, I'm seeing Pam, uh, TJR, Black Shine, uh, Ray, we've got Viraj, David, Runs with Cows, Rob, Paul, Stevie, Nav, uh, Paul Block, we've got uh, Matt G., uh, Keith uh, Biblick uh, VL, thank you so much, guys, for tuning in. Um, even if I scroll up on YouTube, I don't think it tells me who was the, who got in there first. So, yeah, these days getting in there first is uh, is very much appreciated, but it's just not been giving you the credit you deserve. And Pika, who, thank you for being a member for five months now. Fantastic uh, commitment and passion. Uh, if you could drop a like, if you could subscribe, that all that YouTubey stuff. We really would appreciate it. Uh, we're closing, uh, I think, now on 53,000 subs. If we can reach that by the end of the year, that would be brilliant. Um, so thank you to everyone that's continued to support the channel. But without further ado, let's uh, let's jump into today's monologue regarding yesterday's game. If you are new to the channel, what we do is we break up this show into two parts. We discuss all the latest regarding Arsenal first, and then we go into a part two and we tackle a lot of your questions, your thoughts and uh, opinions from yesterday's game in the comment section. So, Arsenal 6, RC Lons nil. A great evening of watching Arsenal at their offensive best. Um, it was a game in which Arsenal had control of from the first minute. There was a lot of comparisons, I think, to the home games against PSV 
uh, and against Sevilla as well, where teams came to, to try and get a result. And that led to ultimately them falling away and not getting the result that they wanted and giving Arsenal instead plenty of opportunities to score. Uh, I'll talk a little bit about what that means and, and that theme of scoring plenty of goals in the Champions League in a little bit as well. But we have to kick off with, of course, Kai Havertz scoring again. Uh, he kicked off the campaign's uh, goals in yesterday's fixture with a, a really thoughtful finish because he had to be in the right place at the right time. Credit to Gabriel Jesus as well with the header. I think it was Tommy Asu with the ball into the box, who as well had a very good game at right back. We'll talk about him more so as we go through the goals. But Kai Havertz, this will only add more confidence, more momentum. You know, it's something about a rolling ball, you know, as it keeps rolling downhill and picking up speed. And that's what you want from Kai Havertz. You want to see him score more. You want to see him get on the score sheet more. You want to see him contribute more. There were moments in the game in which I felt that there's still something about him that I want to see more from. There was a time where he received the ball on the left-hand side. Martinelli turned and sprinted down the left flank and was in. And instead of playing the ball through to Martinelli, he turned back and played a safe pass. And they're the frustrating moments for me. They're the moments I'm like, please, Kai, just, just try it. Just be a bit more risky. Just try that riskier pass. And I think that if he can take his game to that next level where he's playing those types of passes... You know, I think we'll see the absolute best from him as well. But his thoughtfulness to be in the right place at the right time and to get the goal is only going to help build momentum. Two goals in five days. Fantastic for Kai. Uh, Gabriel Jesus showing us why he is the Arsenal number nine. Um, very, very interesting. You're going to get some quotes from Jesus a little bit later on today around midday. So look out for those quotes on Football.London for myself. I spoke to Gabriel Jesus after the game. Some very, very interesting. Uh, quotations that you'll be able to see a little bit later. So I'm not going to go into that for obvious reasons, but uh, you'll be able to see those later on uh, this this afternoon, I guess. Um, but a fantastic finish. Once again, showing that composure to cut back and to slide the ball below Bryce Samba. Really solid game. I think he got man of the match or was voted man of the match by Arsenal fans. It is this level of consistency is this level of performance that I want to see from Jesus on a regular basis. Four goals in four games in the Champions League, scoring in every single game he has played in the Champions League so far this season. Uh, and I think if he can translate that consistency to the Premier League, you know, you've got a player that's scoring regularly. And it is, I was talking to James Benj actually, and it's it's these types of performances that I think really make you have that discussion about how can Ivan Tony really be considered as a player that is going to upgrade on Gabriel Jesus because what he shows in these games of his collaboration with the 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 goal that he scored with the the way in which he took that goal and got into those positions the way in which he drove forwards and created and opened up opportunities for other players all of this round more rounded game of Jesus I look at that performance and I go, yeah, you're just not going to get that from Tony. And I just don't think that that's the type of striker that Arsenal will flourish in when we want them to be at their absolute high-scoring best. If you want Arsenal to play reductively and you know in an industrious fashion, and there's a lot of talk this season about Arsenal have not clicked, I just think that the way in which we click is when Gabriel Jesus is going to be at his absolute best. And so I think that this, this is the Jesus that we want to see as much as feasibly possible. But there is something to be said about the way in which the opposition approached the game in the Champions League that I think certainly, I think, leans into Arsenal's favour. But Kaya Saka, though, 17, 17 goal contributions this season. 
17. <laughs> I mean, people have said that he's not been consistent this year. And and to be fair, there is an argument that in some games he hasn't had the best displays, for sure. And we've noticed that. And he's suffered with injury problems and he's getting kicked more than ever before. But 17, I think he joins, is it Karim Benzema? And there's one other player as well, people in the chat box might be able to tell me, that are Champions League players that have scored and assisted in three consecutive games uh, in the Champions League at home. Uh, I, I can't remember who the other player is, but Karen Benzema is, is one of them. The other player is a, another, uh, I think, icon of the game of the modern era as well. It, Suarez, thank you, uh, chat box. Much appreciate that. Uh, Luis Suarez, you see I was venting for a little bit to wait for you guys to tell me who it was. To be in that company, to be in that company of forwards, and those are strikers, by the way, remember, as well, to get 17 goal contributions across this season already, and it's only November, um, it's not even halfway through the campaign. We could be looking at a season of close to 40 goal contributions if things carry on across all competitions. And people say, is Saka world-class? Well, you look at those numbers. Look at those numbers and tell me that this kid is not world-class because I'm sorry, he is. It was a really fortuitous finish, for sure. Uh, I'm not going to take that away from him, but you know it doesn't matter. You've got to get the goals. You've got to be in the right place at the right time, and Saka did that. Gabriel Martinelli got a much-needed goal. I really felt like this season, Martinelli's not necessarily been his goal-scoring best. You know, he's been good and he's been a presence of real t uh, tenacity and kind of direction and, and a real drive of that left-hand side. And I think Arsenal have begun to favour more so even that left-hand side, even though there's not been that many goal contributions from it. It seemed while Saka was having a few dips in his form, Martinelli stepped up at times and really drove at oppositions. Obviously, his goal against Man City was really important, but his performance against Sevilla was fantastic. His performance against Burnley was fantastic. He didn't have a great game against Brentford at the weekend, but then he shows you what he can do when he cuts inside onto that right foot and just pings a ball. And of course, it was indeed his shot which led to Bukayo Saka's goal as well. Another uh, stinging shot which Bryce Samba could not do. And by the way, Bryce Samba's a goalkeeper. We're talking about a French international here that's knocking on the door of the starting position in the French national team as well. He's a very good goalkeeper. And Arsenal just did not give him a chance with the goals that they are able to score in the game. Fantastic play. Uh, his movement was excellent. He was all over. He wasn't just on the left, but he popped up on the right-hand side. He had that shot that hit the side netting when Saka laid him through. I thought he could have done better and maybe cut it back to Jesus in the middle. But by this point, Arsenal were just going crazy uh, and scoring a ridiculous number of goals. My only criticism of the night, and I know some people are going to go, Tom, why are you moaning? We won 6-0. Stop moaning. My only moan of the night is that neither of Ethan Nwaneri or Miles Lewis Skelly got on the field. And if you're at half if you're if you're one of those kids at half time and you're seeing your team five new up, you must be you must be rubbing your hands together thinking, my goodness me. My goodness me. I am in for a few minutes here. I am going to be in for an opportunity here. Maybe it's because we know that the final game of the group stage is our dead rubber, you know, and the PSV game doesn't matter. But when you see Eddie Nketiah come on, when you see Jorginho come on, I know Jorginho scored the penalty, but when you see those two come on at the end, you're like, when Reese Nelson's obviously come on, I want to see him play. When Eddie's come on and when Jorginho's come on, you're like, just just give the kids a chance. <laughs> you know, just, just, give them a, just give them a few minutes. It's a great opportunity to do that in a game that you could maybe see and give them opportunity because the space is there uh, and the game's opening up. I guess maybe there's an argument that... Uh, um, Lawns were getting a bit physical and there were some really harsh challenges going in and maybe Arteta was doing it to protect them. Maybe. 
and I guess maybe the opportunity will be there against PSV. I hope, I really hope that they do get a chance at PSV. I think it's a game in which we can just not play any senior players that would be starting the game at the weekend. That game against PSV, by the way, is sandwiched between an away trip to Aston Villa and then a host of Brighton. Two games we have to win, two games in which they are really tough fixtures. We haven't beaten Brighton at home in a very, very long time, and Aston Villa away from home are a very, very tough uh, proposition, even though we managed to win there last season. Uh, Uno Emery, you know, is, is performing fantastically with Villa, and we need to make sure that we win. So maybe um, they'll get a chance against PSV. So, yeah, let's let's wait and see what happens there. But uh, we are qualified, um, and I haven't mentioned Martin Odegaard's goal. Reason being is I want to save him to the end because I did get managed to, to get a chance. You may have seen my interview with Martin Odegaard on Sky Sports. You may have seen it on the Arsenal way. You can watch the full interview of Martin over there. But just a, a quick one-minute clip of my comments with him. Listen to the end. There was a nice little exchange. There's 12 goals across the three home games in the Champions League. It seems like you're free-scoring more in Europe. How do you translate that to the Premier League games? Um, yeah, it's a good question. I think, of course, uh, the European football is a bit different. Uh, maybe a bit more um, transitions, a bit more open. Uh, but yeah, of course, we want to take that into the league. We want to keep keep playing well, you know, keep scoring goals and uh, an offensive good football. So, um, yeah, we have to defend well and then play good when we have the ball. So that's what we want to do. And the final group game is obviously a, a difficult one because, in a way, you're already through. PSV can't catch you either. How... how mentally do players cope when there's a game that's effectively a, a dead rubber no i think that's that's easy you know mentally it's, it's good every time we play we want to win uh you play champions league football and you play play big games so of course that's uh, that's enough motivation so i think that will be uh, another big game and uh, we'll be ready for that as well but first some games in the league cool. thank, thank you guys make sure you get one back on our turn yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Of course, if you watch the whole interview, you'll see uh, there was a few questions from uh, Gary Cottrell of Sky and, and Nick Callow from Haters as well, talking about Arteta nutmegging him in training. You've probably seen that viral clip. So had to get that little thing at the end there. Uh, he's got to get one back on Arteta after he was nutmegged. But if, I, I'd recommend watching the full video clip over on um, the Arsenal way. I, I, think, I don't know if Sky have posted it yet. But uh, it was, yeah, he was in good spirits, in really high spirits. Of course, he struggled, I think, a little bit with with form. And then he's had the injury uh, situation as well. We had the the, uh, the the head injury as well, the hip injury. So getting a goal, getting that boost of confidence is really, really important. Um, so, yeah, very happy with that performance from Odegaard in the end, even though maybe it wasn't wildly influential overall. But getting his goal was key for his confidence and and that will hopefully bring him back into his, his final form. But him and Havertz, you know, combining as an attacking midfield pair, I think is something that is designed to hopefully take Arsenal to that next level. That's what we want to see Arsenal do. Now, we need to have a look at how things stand currently in the Champions League. We'll run through some of the Champions League results uh, as well from last night because there was a really interesting night of Champions League action, which, of course, brings an end to game week five and has already seen a large number of, of teams. We've seen 12 teams already qualified. Arsenal, Atletico Madrid, Barcelona, Bayern, Dortmund, Inter, Lazio, Leipzig, Man City, PSV, Real Madrid and Real Sociedad have all qualified. There are only four spots left and Arsenal, of course, will be playing against a runner-up from one of those groups as well. 
Um, so yeah, that, that that's going to be very interesting. But looking back at those results from yesterday's games, Galatasaray drawing 3-3 with Manchester United. Man United taking a 3-1 lead before getting pegged back and some fantastic goals. Bruno Fernandes, Garnacho with a couple of absolute stormers and then Artokoglu um, with a fantastic finish himself as well. Hakim Ziyech, of course, scoring a couple of free kicks and Andrea Nan are very much in question. It leaves Manchester United bottom of their group and they will need to beat Bayern Munich and then hope that neither one of Copenhagen or Galatasaray win in their game. Should either one of Galatasaray or Copenhagen, who drew 0-0 at Bayern, in a really important draw that was actually, because it means that they can um, progress just by winning, rather than, I think, having to outperform the scoreline against um, Manchester United. I'm not sure how it works, because they drew both games. But uh, yeah, certainly very interesting things. Sevilla losing 3-2 to home to PSV. That PSV win was perfect in the end for Arsenal. It could have created a little bit of a problem had Lons actually won the game yesterday. But uh, that result really did fall into Arsenal's favour in the end because PSV can't catch Arsenal and they now can't be caught because they got a better head-to-head record against Lons than the only team that could have caught them on points had they have lost to Arsenal in the final game. The now only thing to come from that group that we've got now is who will finish in that third spot. Will it be Lons? Will it be Sevilla? Will Sevilla get that Europa League spot? We will have to wait and see. Um, of course, Bayern Munich, as I mentioned, drew 0-0 with Copenhagen. Real Madrid, 4-2 uh, winners against Napoli in the end. They were leading and then Napoli pegged them back. Goals from Giovanni Simeone and Andre Frank, Zambo and Gisa uh, got them back into the game. But then two late goals uh, from Nico uh, Nico Paz, this player that I've, I've not heard of before, uh, and Yosselu uh, as well, who's moved there and scored goals. I mean, he plays and he scores Yosselu, even though he's not been, I think it was what, previously at Southampton was Yosselu. I think he was at Espanyol as well, previous to that also. Um, we also had some other interesting results from the round as well to kind of wrap up some of the progressions. Real Sociedad, of course, on 11 points, joint on on points, um, I think, with, with Inter Milan um, in their group. Braga drawing one with Union Berlin and, of course, Arsenal winning. But that leaves in terms of the group. So Bayern are through. We still need to find out who will finish second in Group A between Copenhagen, Galatasaray and Manchester United. Arsenal progresses group winners with PSV finishing second. Real Madrid are group winners as well. We then see Napoli progress. Um, I think it's, I think Napoli are progressing. Um, they may, I think maybe it depends on the final game between them and Braga, but they're three points ahead of Braga. They look like they will progress unless they lose in dramatic fashion against the Portuguese side, I think, in the final game. Um, but, uh, yeah, they've uh, they've got a three-point lead on them. Inter Milan and Real Sociedad will fight it out for top spot. Um, they're both on 11 points, um, but Real Sociedad are a head-on-head-to-head record at the moment. Lazio also will fight out of Atletico in the final group game. Atleti lead the group on 11 points. Lazio, though, on 10. And then Group F is where it's really exciting, of course, because Newcastle will host um, AC Milan and will hope to beat them to get through. And then we'll hope that PSG do not win against Borussia Dortmund, if they do win against Borussia Dortmund, um, then it means that PSG, will, I think, will go through as group winners. Dortmund will be second, depending on the scoreline. And Newcastle, if they win and PSG lose, will also then go through. Uh, Milan can also still go through. If PSG lose and Milan beat Newcastle, they can actually progress as runners-up in that group as well. Manchester City are group winners. RB Leipzig will be second. So RB Leipzig will be one of the teams that Arsenal could face in the last 16. Uh, and then, of course, in the final group, we've got Barcelona, who currently top the group um, and are through, but we don't know whether they are going to finish. I think they will finish as group winners because I think they've beaten Porto uh, enough to be able to do that. But then it's between Porto and Shakhtar Donetsk. 
uh, both on nine points as to who will finish second in Group H. So that is a roundup of all of the latest Champions League uh, and what's going on in the competition. It's really exciting. It's great to be back in this competition. I can't wait to see how far Arsenal can go because I really think we've got a great chance of doing ourselves a massive favour and potentially picking up a fantastic trophy in the end of it if indeed we can deliver on what potential we have really raised for ourselves. Right, let's go to part two and your questions right after this. Of course, you can also get tickets for our live event. Um, they are still on sale. The remaining tickets available. I'll be releasing information about our lineups in the coming months. Very excited. Thank you to everyone that's already bought tickets. Um, I think we're around halfway uh, already to, to full capacity, which after three days of being on sale is, is amazing. Um, so thank you uh, so much, everyone. It's already helped support. Uh, it's going to be some fantastic faces there. It was great seeing some of the listeners at the game last night who are very excited to, of course, put more faces to names. If you've been wondering who people are in the chat box, there's plenty that are going to be coming along. Um, it's amazing what friends and friendships and you know relationships have been built from this community, and I can't wait to see that built further. Link down in the description if you'd like to buy tickets. You can also get them from my pinned tweet uh, as well or on the community tab in the YouTube homepage for the channel as well. Drop a like, please, as well on the channel if you haven't done so already. Help us on our way to 1K every day as much as we can. Uh, right. Um, Marcus says, at the live show, will you perform the Arteta nutmeg? I'm going to need, I'm going to need a, a a willing volunteer potentially to perform. I may have to bring a football with me if we have to do any more demonstrations uh, of any more instances from the season. Uh, Amira says, moment of appreciation for Tommy's 45 minute masterclass in his worst position. Maybe the real man of the match. New contract when? Yeah, new contract. Don't worry, it's in the works. And Arsenal are very keen on getting a new deal done for Takahiro Tomiyasu, but it is certainly and was a fantastic performance from him in what I think is his worst position. And that, and the thing is, you know, remember our waffle pancake analogy? Just because I don't like him in that position doesn't mean that I think he's bad. It just means I think he's better in other positions like left-back and like centre-half as well. He's been a fantastic performer so far this season. He was worthy of the October Player of the Month and he's doing a good job at trying to get the November Player of the Month as well because he has been very, very good. Those uh, assists, two assists, I think, um, on the day. He got that uh, cross. Um, he got the cross for uh, for Odegaard. Did he get another assist? He crossed the ball in for Jesus to head it to Havertz. That's not assist. I'm, I swear I feel like... Yeah, yeah, Martinelli's goal, didn't he? He played that mad ball across the field to Martinelli on the left-hand side and then, of course, cut in and, and scored. So, yeah, two assists uh, for Tommy Asu on the evening. Fantastic from him. Uh, Victor says, interesting yesterday that Lawns had more possession than Arsenal, which is kind of a rare thing at the Emirates. Why do you think that we had the low possession? I think Arsenal were happy in the end for lawns to to have more of the ball and they realized that they were kind of coaxing them out they were bringing them out of their own half opening up the space and then killing them um on the break and maybe that's something that we need to to transition you heard me a second ago speaking to martin Odegaard, and that was one of the things i asked is how we translate these types of performances to the premier league and i think that maybe one of the ways that we do that is by playing in a style which does it kind of tempts the opposition out a little bit more. Odegaard was playing deeper in this game. Havertz was playing a bit deeper as well. And so kind of drawing those players out allowed Arsenal then on the counter and with more space 
to have a way of, of beating them. But I think going forwards, Arsenal are going to come up against plenty of low blocks and using the strategy of balls into the box, those those crosses, those long balls. We talk about, I remember when Arteta first came in, if you remember, we moaned a lot about the crossing. It was like constant crossing. Kieran Tierney's left foot was aching because every single game he was just pinging balls into the box constantly. Um, and it wasn't working because we didn't really have a strategy behind it. Now, when we try and ping balls into the box, there is more of a thought process there. There is certainly more of an instinct to to try and find a way over the deep block, over the parking of the bus. And I think that it's working. You know, We've scored so many goals now this season from balls being chipped into the, the penalty area and it is working for us. So do expect to see more of that. Do expect us to play a little bit more tactically to try and coax the opposition out. I do think that obviously there's a naivety about sides in Europe playing in the Champions League against Arsenal that Premier League teams are maybe a little bit more savvy to how to play against us. But let's see what Arsenal do against Wolves. I expect Wolves to be pretty defensive. They're going to be without their two starting midfielders for this game. So yeah, let's let's see how indeed we, we do it. I'm looking forward tonight, hopefully. Uh, I'm pretty sure we're going to be having a chat with uh, a good friend of the channel, James B from AFTV. James is hopefully going to be hopping onto the channel this evening. No promises yet because we need to double double confirm it. But we've penciled it in for tonight. So if he lets us down, you can you know, you know can go and tweet him <laughs> and moan it. But it's always a pleasure to have James on. But tonight, 7 o'clock, hopefully, uh, I'll be having a chat with James uh, about both yesterday and looking ahead to the rest of the season uh, as well. It's always a pleasure to have a chat with James. Uh, Chris says, hi, Tom. Uh, I have to say Jesus is so good. We look so good in that front five. Martinelli also something special. And we all want to see this. You know, we want to see this on a more regular basis. We want to see those three combining and I want to see them performing to a higher level and the level that we saw them perform last night. Uh, Darren says, Tom, for the next Champions League draw, Arsenal will only play sides that are second in their group and not part of their original group or the English Premier League. Is that correct? That is correct. So Arsenal can't play against PSV. They can't play against any of the English teams. I mean, to be fair, I don't know if any English teams will be finishing second. Manchester United and Newcastle maybe, but at the moment they're not favourites to progress. Um, so yes, and they yeah, as I said, they can't play PSV. So of the teams that they can play so far, uh, they can play either one of Atletico or Lazio because either of them could finish second. They could play either one of Inter or Real Sociedad because either of them can finish second. They could play... I think they could play Dortmund if PSG get a good enough victory over them in the final game as well. And RB Leipzig, they can, of course, still play against as well. And then there's a number of groups that are still yet to be settled. They'll play one of either, they could play, sorry, one of either Porto or Shakhtar Donetsk, depending on which one finishes second in that group. And then it's one of Napoli or Braga that they could play in that group uh, finale as well. So, uh, or Copenhagen. Or Galatasaray as well, it's worth pointing out. They could also play against. So a number of teams that we could potentially face still um, when that draw is done. I'm not sure where the draw is. Is it in, I think it might be in the new year, uh, the draw. Uh, but uh, maybe it's in December. I'm not 100% sure where the draw is. Maybe someone in the chat will be able to tell us to do a quick Google search while we run through some more questions. Uh, TJR says, so we're getting Leipzig. I tell you what, it would be lovely to do a trip to you know, Madrid or Milan or Rome or San Sebastian. But you know we're ending up in Leipzig. <laughs> you know we, you know we're ending up in Leipzig. That's the way it goes. February. Yeah, I know February is when the next rounds are. I'm just not sure when the draw is, Lynn. Um, but maybe it's in Feb. Maybe you know more than me. Uh, Kish says, Tommy has to start a right back this weekend with the same lineup as today. I don't know. It's interesting, isn't it? Do you go with the same team? Does Ben White come into the team? Does Tommy has to go to left back? Do you, you know, because they, some players have played a lot. But we did manage to rest Saka. We 
Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. And the same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with Mook Delivery. Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. We rested Rice, we rested Tommy, we rested Zinchenko. Um, we managed to rest quite a few players, uh, which was good. Um, we rested... Um, Jesus as well. He came off for Enketia, of course. So, but Odegaard stayed on. Um, Martinelli did Martinelli come off? No, did Martinelli come off? I don't think he did. Did he? Um, so I don't think maybe we rested. Let me go through it. We rested Saka, Rice, Jesus, Tommy Asu, and Zinchenko. Yeah. So Tommy uh, Martinelli stayed on throughout the entire game. So maybe Trossard will come in because uh, Trossard didn't play last night. Um, maybe he'll come in for the game at the weekend. Uh, he, I mean, don't, you can't say he doesn't deserve it. He's been really, really good of late. Uh, and Jabu says, Timber and Partey are still to be added to this team. Yeah, Timber's a question. I don't know if we'll see Timber again this season. Hopefully we do. Um, but uh, there's there's no telling of ACLs. You don't know how they progress. Just don't read too much into those reports suggesting either way, whether he is or isn't going to be available. The honest, the honest answer is we don't know when he's going to be available yet. Partey, though, hopefully will be available before the end of the year. We can keep fingers crossed. Smith Rowe is only a uh, it's only, I think, a couple of weeks away as well. So that's that's also positive. Um, Dara says, hey, Tom, what were your thoughts on Kivior last night? I think he was extremely impressive. His high pressing up the pitch and also the attacking play he seems like he has progressed a lot. Kivior is a good player. He's an understated signing. We've not seen enough from him to have like a conclusive thought on him yet. But what we can say is that he looks a really promising player. It looks like a player that was a really smart investment by Arsenal. Centre half, left back. He's played defensive midfield for Spezia as well in the past, I think for Poland potentially as well. He's a really good asset to the club and you might be seeing links to, to other teams. Arsenal have no interest, to my understanding, of allowing Jakob Kivior to leave Arsenal. They are very happy with him. He's very happy at Arsenal as far as I'm aware, even though he's not getting loads of minutes. But he understood that when he moved to Arsenal, that was always going to be a challenge. And he wouldn't have moved to Arsenal without being very conscious of the fact that he would not get as many minutes as he's got playing for Spezia. But that is why you make those moved. moves. Sorry. And I think that his technical ability, how dynamic he can be as a defender, really feeds into what Arteta wants from, uh, from a defender these days. And I think he fits that really, really well. He will play against PSV um, in the final game. So we'll be able to see more of him in that, ma- in that match as well. Uh, Viraj says, is this the first time we've seen this front line of midfield together this season? Surely it's not. What, Rice, Havertz, Odegaard, Jesus, Saka, and Martin. I'm sure that we've seen this team play together before. I'm I'm so sure that we've seen this team play together. I, I hope that it's not the first time. If it is the first time, that's in a way exciting because it means that we could see potentially more from this team. But I'm sure it's not the only time. Everton, did we play... With Everton, did we play? Oh, no, it was Odegaard and Vieira for the Everton game. Just checking back some of these fixtures. Manchester United, we played with Nketiah up top in that game. Um, it's tough, isn't it? Maybe it is. Maybe it's Bournemouth. What was the Bournemouth game? Again, it was Jesus played at left wing, didn't he? So, yeah, maybe. I mean, Chelsea, we played, was it, I think Partey and Rice played in that game. No, it was Jorginho and Rice played in that game. Yeah, I think you're right, you know. I think you've raised a really fantastic point, unless there is one of the other Champions League games that we played with this team. Lawns away. Did we play that game? Lawns away, potentially. Um, 
with that, maybe PS, PSV we played with Trossard started that game. This is really going to bug me now. And I know this is the most not enthralling of, of listens, me trying to work out if we played with this team. Who played in the Lawns game? Saka, Jesus, Trossard, Odegaard, Havertz, Rice. So yeah, you might be right. I think you are. Viraj, what a fantastic point. I think you've got it absolutely spot on. Um, this is the first time this entire season that we've seen that front six play together. That's a really, really interesting point. Um, I'm I'm nicking that. I'm writing about that. <laughs> Thank you for that, Viraj. Um, but uh, yeah, maybe maybe it's something that we need to see more of. Maybe that's the team that clicks. Maybe that's the selection that, that works the most. Maybe we should see it start again against Wolves and test it one more time. That's really, really good. Um, I've, I don't know. That's bowled me over that point. I, I really like that. That gives me that gives me really a high amount of optimism that maybe we found a, a team that clicks. There's only one example of it working, of course, but I really do like it. Uh, Darren says, when will you get Graham Brooks on? Uh, the smartest one to listen to from Mayo TV. And seems like decent. Graham's a fantastic guy. Uh, he is in our TGT WhatsApp group, is Graham. Uh, he's very quiet in there. And whenever I do put a message into that group saying if anyone's around, he's very quiet. Um, but uh, I, yeah, I love Graham. I think he's fantastic. And he does message me and has messaged me uh, now and again. So he's uh, he's a top man and does fantastic work over at TV. Graham, if you're listening, drop me a message, mate. Um, stop being so quiet. Uh, let's go to uh, Talex. Says, hey, Tom, any idea when your loan reports will be out? Uh, I've mentioned this before, Talex. We're not doing like dedicated loan shows this season. I know that people enjoyed them last year, but the resources it took to create those shows ended up not being um, kind of, what's the word, um, successful enough. You know, not enough people tuned in for the resources to do them. What I'm going to do is obviously tackle any big uh, loan news during our shows. And of course, with my job this season being even more intense, I haven't had time. So it's a time and, you know, how you how you apply that time in that regard as well. Plus, I've enjoyed doing more phone-in shows than doing those loan reports each month. I enjoy the phone-in shows a lot. Um, and I think I want to do more of them. Uh, Reese says, frequently we see sound bites of Arsenal's lack of thrust in attack. However, we don't usually appreciate the difference in competitions a la the Premier League and the Champions League. What is left to bemoan after games like that? As I said, my only criticism was that Mineri and Lewis Skelly didn't get on. It was a really fantastic performance. It was perfect. You know, there wasn't really anything you can say that was uh, of a concern to us. Um, Havertz was great. Uh, probably his best performance in an Arsenal shirt, Havertz. Uh, Martinelli was great. Saka was great. 17 goal contributions. Jesus performed exactly how we want our centre-forward to perform. Uh, Odegaard got a goal. It was really important for him to get that goal. Rice is, Rice is so boring. Like, <laughs> like Declan Rice is so boring because <laughs> he's just he's just so consistent. You can't, you know, you can't um, have any conversation about Declan Rice because it's. It, what else do you say about how good he is? It's it's just brilliant. It's brilliantly boring. And, you know, the best the best players in the world are sometimes the most boring ones because they just do their job to a really, really high standard and really, really well. Maybe the only criticism I have of Rice is I want to see more from him going forwards. And that's really nitpicking at him. And if if Declan, if you're watching, um, he was full of smiles, by the way, as he walked through the mix zone. He was, he's, you know, I think he's buzzing to be at Arsenal. And he's absolutely overjoyed with being at the club. It's, yeah, it's fantastic um, seeing him do what he does. Um, but he is... Declan, you are really boring, like because you're just so good, so good all the time. There's there's so little I can analyze about his game and you know scrutinize because it's just so good constantly. Um, 
yeah, fantastic. Brilliant. World-class footballer. Uh, Still an Avenger. Fantastic name. Says, uh, I'd be interested to see the comparison between the way teams have played us this season to how they did last season. Did Brentford low, bo- did Brentford low block us? Maybe contributing to our, uh, our less fluid attack. That word fluid seems to come up a lot, doesn't it? Um, I don't think it's necessary to, even to do with fluidity. I don't think that's the right adjective. I think I used that adjective maybe earlier in the season. I don't think fluidity is the right adjective. I think this season, Arsenal is all about how they are dealing with different challenges. You know, this season we have been approached and really set a gauntlet by a lot of other teams that we haven't done before um, in, in this fashion. Teams respect us more. Last last season, Arsenal were that team, you know, be a bit physical with Arsenal. You can kick them off the park. You know, they don't have any cojones as Troy idiot Dini would say uh, honestly that guy used to wind me up so much but in regards to kind of that level you know the way in which we approached those games the way in which we approached um, the uh, the fixtures teams just didn't respect us as anywhere near as much as they do this season and I think that we have now therefore been uh, kind of I think challenge with playing slightly differently and I said this at the beginning of the campaign people were moaning at me saying oh, this isn't good enough you know what's Arteta doing playing Partey at right back and the only reason that experiment stopped by the way is because Partey got injured it wasn't because of any tactical reasons everyone's moaning that Gabriel wasn't playing and we're moaning that we were obviously dropping points to Fulham we were moaning because we were, weren't scoring we were making mistakes but the whole point of what we did at the start of the season the whole point that we did what we did as we open the campaign and the whole point of why we've been, you know, frustrating at times is because we couldn't stay still. We could not stay still. We weren't able to just do what we did last season and hope that this time it worked out. We couldn't do that because if we did that, then you stand still. And if you stand still, everyone else around you goes forwards and you end up going backwards. That's how it works. You know, it's, you just you just can't do it. It's like if you go up the stairs next to the escalators and then you stop. The teams that are you know going up the escalator, if they stand still, they're not. But they're being carried along because they're evolving, they're improving, and they go past you. You can't stay where you are. You have to evolve. You have to improve. You have to find new ways to win because those teams around you, they're finding new ways to win. They're finding new ways to try and beat you. They're more attuned to what you did. They've got more data, more evidence. They've got new coaches. They've got better players. They've developed more. They've improved in the year since you've last played them. You have to change. You can't allow yourself to stand still. And so, therefore, Arsenal had to do that this season. Yes, it was frustrating. And yes, it was annoying. And yes, there wasn't it wasn't perfect. And there was like question marks and all the words like fluidity and it's not clicking. And these are things that we were all talking about. And to, to a degree, you know, Jamie Carragher spoke the other night and got a lot of criticism. And you know, I know Gary Neville disagreed with him. And I, I know a fair few of our listeners felt that, that it wasn't the right way to talk about Arsenal. I think that, I, I think personally that Carragher was touching on a few fair points in the sense that if Arsenal do what they've done this season so far and just repeat it, I don't think it's enough to win the league. I don't think it's enough. I think we need more. And what is more, more is getting our best players back fit, getting Partey back, getting Smith Rowe back, getting Timber back, strengthening in January, improving our form, finding ways in which, because, you know, the first half of the season, teams are also learning. Teams are also getting data. Teams are also being able to improve themselves. And so when you get to the second half of the season, you play the second round of fixtures, you again can't just do what you did in the first half of the season. You've got to tweak yourself. You've got to continue to change. You've got to continue to evolve. 
within that same season. It's not just from one season to another. It's all about learning as you go, improving as you go, changing what you do as you go. And so maybe the first time we've seen this 11, as we just touched upon, this is the first game we've seen this 11 play together, start together. That's a good thing. Some people would say, well, Arteta's not found his best team yet. And to a degree, maybe there's something to be said about that. But if we're very, very honest, our best team is not going to play 38 games. If you think about the Invincibles team, you know, Lehman, Lauren, Torre, Campbell, Cole, Vieira, Gilberto, Jumberg, Perez, Bergkamp, Henri. How many times did that 11 play and start during that 38-game unbeaten season? I don't know the exact number, but I don't think it's that many. I don't think it's like more than 20. I'm tempted to say it's not even more than 15 times that that 11 started. There is a stat out there that says, I can't remember it is, maybe you guys can tell me in the chat box if you can Google it while I rant and monologue. Um, but you don't tend to play with your best 11. Temi, is it four times? Surely it wasn't. Was it four? That seems kind of crazy. If Temi's right, Someone gift him a membership. <laughs> He's already got a membership, to be fair. Uh, Temi says it was four times. That's You think about how mad that is. So the, the best 11 that we can think of, the best 11 that we can consider that played in that Invincible season, played together, started together just four times because of injuries, because Arsene Wenger wanted to change things for different games. We The, the whole thing of Arteta doesn't know his best 11. Arsenal don't know their best 11. Best 11s very rarely get to play together regularly and consistently and successively because injuries and suspensions and different oppositions and tweaking things tactically. So does it really matter that Arteta doesn't know his best team? Probably not. Probably not is the answer. Um, and I think that that has got a lot to say about where we are at this season is that it's not always going to click. It's not always going to be perfect. But what it is going to be is it's going to be better than what it was last season. We're more resilient. We're more we're smarter. We're more intelligent. Maybe we're a bit more frustrating at times. But we've got more answers. We've got more keys this season, if that makes sense. We've got more keys to try the locks of those oppositions. You know, you think about sometimes you get that tray of keys. You've got to try and unlock a, a door and you've got, you're rambling through. We've got more keys to choose from. Sometimes last season we didn't have the key. Sometimes last season we played teams like Southampton. You know, we played teams like um, Brighton. Um, we played, you know, teams in which we frustratingly dropped points. West Ham away from home. Um, who was the other team in that run of games that we we dropped points against? Uh, Brentford. You know, sometimes we we just didn't have that key. And this this season, and I throw Havertz into this, you know, Havertz joining us this season and providing something different. He gives us a different key. He gives us something different to try the lock of the opponents. And it worked against Brentford, you know. That Brentford game was a, was a game last season that we probably wouldn't have won. I know it's a cliche. You know, if we'd have played that way last season, we wouldn't have won. But the honest answer is that we probably wouldn't have done because we didn't have a player like Havertz to give us something else, you know. Um, Liverpool, Benji, as, as points out, Liverpool's a really interesting one. That Anfield game. We're going to have this Anfield game. It's going to be a really interesting game on the 23rd of December when Arsenal go to Anfield because. We're in a situation whereby Liverpool are a team in which can hurt you. They've only scored one less goal than us, uh, one more goal than us, and they've only conceded one more goal than us, I think, as well. Um, and they're on a very similar track in terms of goal scoring and goal conceding, Liverpool. 
But last season, their tenacity and the energy they get from the Anfield crowd led to that comeback. I think if we play the way in which we played against Man City and we're harder to beat and we're annoying and we're, you know, really real battlers, I think we can come out of Anfield with a very, very good result. Not that a draw wouldn't be a bad result again. Like if you offered me a draw at Anfield, it's difficult to not take that, especially considering Liverpool are a lot better this season than they were last season. But perhaps, perhaps there is something on the cards. We just want to make sure that we don't lose there. That's that's a really important thing. Uh, Clinton says, Tom, I find it frustrating when people say the manager doesn't know his best 11 or he doesn't know what style he wants to play. Just because it's not what you like, it doesn't mean it's not working. And I think that's a really important point, Clinton. I think we've touched upon the best 11 thing. The style of play. If you don't understand Arteta's philosophy by now, I, I, I don't know how long it's going to take for you to, to learn it. But after four years, it'll be four years in, I think, what, 20 days since we appointed Arteta back in 2019. If you've not learned what he wants from his team, I don't know what to tell you. It's because it's, to me, it's very obvious. He wants a resilient side that's very, very tactical and hard to beat defensively. But he wants a team that is patient. He wants a team that doesn't rush. He wants a team that is very, very intelligent in the way that which assesses the opponent and then will try and find the best way to beat them. And before, because if you go into every game and you think, you know, we used to say, oh, we just need to play our game. We just need to do what we can do. We just need to do what Arsenal do best. Well, that can take you so far. That can take you to a level. That can take you to a position where you might challenge for a title. But if you're not cleverer, if you're not more patient, if you're not better at sussing out and problem solving, like Manchester City have been in so many different seasons. Sometimes they have to win ugly. Sometimes they have to win 1-0, like in the Champions League final, for instance. You know, when you have to just get the result, get the goal, and then just defend and, and defend well. And you've got defenders that can defend. This season, what Arteta wants, and to be honest, what he's always wanted is obviously that resilience and that fight and that um, that ability to be always in the game. But he wants his team to be clever. He wants his team to be better problem solvers. And to do that, you need variation in your game. You need to be able to use the wide areas. You need to have your fullbacks being unpredictable, like Zinchenko, as we know. We may be, you know he, may be, he may be predictable in the way in which we know he's going to you know, move into the midfield. But what's not predictable is where he's going to pop up in the midfield because he keeps popping up in different positions, different areas, and it bamboozles the opposition. And people say, well, that leaves us vulnerable in behind. And I get that to a degree. But Gabriel is brilliant. Gabriel is bordering on a world-class centre-half. Really genuinely is bordering on being a world. He, you know, Saliba gets all the credit, and rightly so, because he's fantastic and, in my mind, is a world-class young defender. But Gabriel Magalhaes is, is, is in the bracket of, of the world's best centre-halves. Um, and people should hang their heads in shame for some of the things they've said about him uh, as he developed at Arsenal. And I remember doing an article, I think it was back in 2022, at the end of 2022, where I wrote a piece about Gabriel becoming a bit of a scapegoat. I did a show with Sophie on the Hybrid Squad talking about that article. I'm so glad I wrote that and that I can revisit that and say that those people that are making Gabriel to be something of a new scapegoat at Arsenal really should hang their heads in shame or should at least to the very minimum hold their hands up and apologise because Gabriel Magalhaes has proven to be one of the best defenders in there and, and around the world. And there's no reason why he shouldn't be being linked to top clubs and that they shouldn't be chasing him because he is a fantastic player. Uh, Phil Ed says the celebration that Gabriel did with that block, I just loved it. He really wanted to get that clean sheet. And it is that desire, you know, it's that desire to win, desire to win in the right way, desire to win uh, and build confidence. We've not had enough clean sheets, you know, especially at home. Away from home, we've been really good defensively. But at home, we needed more. At home, we need more clean sheets. We need to be tough to beat at home. 
We need to be harder to beat at home. And if we play like we did yesterday, we're going to be very, very hard to beat. Very, very hard to beat indeed. Uh, Derek says, Tom, would you take El Yawahi? He caused Saliba some problems constantly. He's a good player. Uh, I'm not sure I would take him. There's a lot of question marks around him uh, if you do a little bit more research into him. Um, but yeah, on a footballing level, he's a very good young player and Lons have got a good replacement for Openda. And by the way, I think the guy that Lons lost, I just mentioned him there, Lois Openda, he's one to keep an eye on. He is a fantastic player. Two goals against Manchester City. I know that recency bias might emerge and you think, well, you're only saying that because he got a couple of goals against Man City. And to a degree, yeah, you're right. I am saying it to a degree because he got two goals. But he's 23 years of age. Um, he moved to, to Leipzig, I think, for something like £45 million, maybe less. I think it was a buyout clause. £40 million, something like that. Maybe €40 million. Euros. He's got nine goals in 12 Bundesliga games. He's got four goals in five Champions League games. Very good player, Opender. Um, so maybe we should start talking about him. Maybe he's somebody that we should start having a good discussion about, about whether he's the guy. Because he had a great season at Lens, and now he's gone to the Bundesliga and he's having a an equally good season. So yeah, maybe Opender is somebody that we should start to think about as well. Um, Grantley Poo says, Raya, what did you think of his performance, Tom? Very calm, composed, caught the ball well when the crosses came into the box. Um, yeah, good performance, Grantley Poos. Good performance. And that's what you want from Ray. You want composure. That's what you want from your goalkeeper. Uh, speaking of goalkeepers, one of the funniest things of yesterday, I tweeted this, was um, Aaron Ramsdale trying to steal a, a Christmas bauble off the Arsenal tree outside the mix zone. Uh, <laughs> it was brilliant. It took him a good minute to try and get it off the tree after he'd walked past all the journalists, of which I said, I could, you know, we caught you. Uh, he then had to uh, embarrassingly walk back because the ball ball that he'd selected from the tree was completely blank. Um, so he had to go and grab a different ball ball off the tree with an Arsenal badge on it, I think. <laughs> it was brilliant. It was hilarious. Uh, and he found it very funny. Um, his dad, Nick, was there as well. Um, you know, he, he was holding his coat up to try and hide the fact they were nicking the ball ball. It was very funny. Um, and it all, all in good faith and, and very, very amusing indeed. So, yeah, uh, he's in good spirits, even though he's not, you know, he's not starting, he's not playing. I know a lot of people want to see him play more games, but uh, yeah, certainly certainly looks uh, looks in good spirits, which is, is very positive indeed. But we'll see. I don't really want to talk about Raya Ramsdale because it's, it's a discussion for another another show, if indeed we have more to talk about with that as well. Um, TJR says, Gift Orban has been benched against. Is he need a guy that spoke rather disparagingly about Arsenal? I'm pretty sure that rings a bell. So, no, no, thank you. <laughs> um, Praktika says, Appender functions well in a counter-attacking team. That's not our team. Opender is a Nico Pepe. Uh, shall we test this theory? RRB Leipzig, a counter-attacking team. Shall we have a look at their uh, average possession this season? <laughs> Often gives you a good example about whether or not a team is, is something of a, a counter-attacking side. Uh, Leipzig, we're going on to Scout. I know I'm not a Bundesliga expert by any shape or form, and maybe some Bundesliga experts that I'll speak to in the next couple of weeks or so will be able to give me a better. But they're averaging 54.91% possession. Um, yes, they didn't have too many um, in the way of uh, in the way of possession against Manchester City. I think it was less than 30% that they had. But Openda, he scored against Freiburg in that game against Freiburg. Uh, they had 60% possession. 
He scored against, scored twice against FC Cologne um, in a 6-0 win. They had 62% possession in that game. Against Darmstadt, he got two goals as well. Um, they had, uh, only had 42% possession, so I guess he probably got a point more so in that game. Uh, interesting, considering they won that game pretty comfortably. He scored and assisted against Bayern Munich in a 2-2 win uh, earlier on in the season as well. Uh, they had 36% possession in that game. So again, that probably leads more into your point. Again, Augsburg, he got a goal and assist against them. Let's have a quick look at what happened in their Augsburg win. They had 55% possession. He scored against Stuttgart and Leverkusen uh, earlier in the season as well. Let's have a quick look at those two games. Uh, they had more possession, 55 against Leverkusen and 52 against Stuttgart. So did I say a 2-2 win? <laughs> Sorry. Um, sometimes it's a win when you draw if it you know, wins you a league, isn't it? Uh, it didn't in that case, though. I'm clutching at straws. But I may, maybe, maybe he plays in both. Maybe he can do both. Maybe he can thrive in a team that sometimes counterattacks. And to be fair to us, sometimes we will need to counterattack when we're at City or we're in the Champions League against Bayerns and Real Madrid. Maybe, you know, having a player that can do that um, can can really help us. So I don't think it's as cut and dry as that he only works in the counter-attacking team because I don't think Leipzig are, you know, necessarily just, just counter-attacking. I think they can do more than that. So, but I need to see more. I need to do maybe a bit of a, a, a breakdown if indeed we do get links. But I think Openda, Lois Openda, is, should be amongst the candidates of strikers that we would consider. Um, so, yeah, certainly. Uh, he's one I'm going to start hyping up. So be prepared for that. Uh, thank you ever so much, everybody, for tuning in today. You've been an absolute pleasure uh, to speak to and to join and to talk to. If you like this format and think, goodness me, that's a handsome-looking man. I'd like to see what that man looks like in real life. You can do that because on the 22nd of February, we will be doing our live show uh, in North London at the Old Queen's Head. You can buy tickets to our live show uh, on the 22nd of February. Link to do that is down in the description. It's an opportunity to put faces to names. It's an opportunity to meet more of this fantastic community. We're going to have some fantastic panelists and guests. We're going to be playing some games. We're going to be doing some audience and engagement so don't you worry uh, i've got more time to plan this event than the last one i'm going to make it doubly maybe thrice thricely quintuply as better as the last show um that you've experienced so uh do get a ticket if you haven't done so already they are down in the description they are selling very well i'm very thankful for everybody that's already bought one uh, but thank you to everyone that's continued to support the channel drop a like before you leave have a fantastic thursday enjoy the europa league action oh and not only enjoy the europa league action but enjoy our show tonight hopefully because hopefully fingers crossed We'll have a show for you at 7 o'clock tonight with James from AFTV. Fantastic uh, pundit and talker uh, of, of Arsenal. So make sure that you uh, uh, set your alarms for 7 o'clock tonight. Have a great day. Enjoy yourselves. Stay safe. Stay well. And as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dip in and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your delivery. You in? At participating restaurants 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. Talk sport. Powered by fans.